forever. Eternity. You don't need people anymore. Nothing you can do about it. Content. Nothing you can do. Content. You will be mashed up, cut up, repackaged for someone else's need. And the world's largest media company <laughs> creates no content. Yeah, we're not producing the content. <laughs> we're allowing users to, to share. I hereby declare this to be an unlawful assembly. I want to know what they're talking about amongst themselves. And I want to spread that content to the people who aren't this content yet. It's normal for some things to come to your attention. And we're back for another episode of Are We Content? Where I'm your host, they call me Mr. X indeed, but you can call me Chud. Tonight, I'm going to be playing an episode of How the Hell Did We Wind Up Here? I was absolutely honored to be a guest on john the fed's podcast john the fed is an amazing dude he is friends with uh are we content co-host moral bob in real life they actually get together they have lunch they get coffee they might even get beers sometimes i'm not exactly sure but they do live within driving distance of each other and they spend real lifetime together which means so much and that's something that you're going to hear me get into in this episode of how the hell did we wind up here be sure to follow john on instagram i will link his instagram i will link his podcast i will try to get you into if you're having any trouble finding him get a, get at me and i will send you the stuff personally because john is an awesome dude his podcast is awesome not only is my episode um worthy of listening to but so are other episodes uh he's had matt and Matt T from the great deception and Ryan Dean from dangerous world. He's had Adam from Deborah gets red pilled. He's had moral Bob from are we content and hidden in plain sight. He's had drew missing from your missing the point. He's had all kinds of awesome people and they're all worth checking out. And they're all trying to answer the same question. The title of the podcast, how the hell did we wind up here? So why don't you go ahead and take a listen and enjoy. Thanks. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number nine. We've made it to all the way to number nine, almost to a next one of you double digits. I am joined by the amazing. I'm not. I'm not even sure what what word I can use to uh, to describe him. The Chud <laughs> X from. I'll actually, you know what? I'll just let you introduce yourself. All right. Well, I'm Chud X or Mister X, indeed, as some as some people know me. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I've, I've been podcasting for a while. Uh, as we were talking before we got started here uh, with Adam over at Deborah Gets Red Pilled. And uh, that that blossomed into my wife and I starting The World As It Is Today, which is available on podcatchers everywhere. As then, except Spotify. You can't find it on Spotify for some reason. But uh, yeah, then since then, you know, things kind of wound down with Adam and I uh, started doing are are we content with moral bob and that has been just an absolute blast we're we're pushing we're on 16 episodes now and it's just uh it's a conversation driven not we're not doing presentations we're not trying to convince anybody of anything it's just two guys sitting around and having a good time and uh i bet that you can relate to that quite a bit john because you know moral bob in real life yeah and you know he's a great guy to talk to so it's it's endless as the host of the show it's right. endless material that i have because all we have to do is turn on a microphone and start talking right yeah the nice thing about uh, about you and bob and um if you haven't been listening especially to the are we content or are we content or however you want to pronounce it 
if you haven't listened to it yet, give it start, give it a whirl because it uh, it's it's great. It's you know, it's not too deep, but it's deep enough. Um, and it covers the nice thing about you and Bob is you guys, you guys are a fount of a bunch of knowledge, but you don't ever claim to be experts on anything, which is, you know, which is really nice. Um, but there's just a lot of info, um, you know, from music to latest one is comedy for the record. The best comedy joke I've ever heard is Daniel Tosh. When he talks about how we should be proud somehow that we conquered, that we won slavery, that we were actually able to pull it off. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, <laughs> It's one of the funniest <laughs> jokes I've ever ever heard. So oh, that's um, so good. Yeah, we gotta we gotta keep the offensive humor alive. Right, we gotta even if it's old stuff and we just keep redredging it up. That's that's fine as long as we're being open with it in our own world and our and amongst each other. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll get into it for uh, for those of you who are new to this uh this show basically the premise of it is is we know this world's a messed up place um we're we're really good at being able to uh you know throw out words like masons or lizard people or you know something like that but what we want to do is just kind of identify one or two maybe three things that you know you see where the world's kind of messed up talk a little bit about what led up to it how we got there and you know if we can come up with solutions or something like that uh go from there so with that Mr. Chud, Chud X, Mr. Fantastic Chud, whatever you want to go by. We're, uh, it's all yours. Take it away. All right, man. Well, you asked me to come up with two things, two things that I see as uh, uh, part of the question of how the hell did we wind up here? And I, I chose two things that are almost the same. I mean, it's the same, the same words in, in both of them, but it's the creation of the nuclear family and also the decline of the nuclear family because it's as, as I got started getting more, more in tuned with what exactly is the hell going on here. Um, I was, I was very down on the decline of the nuclear family. And I, cause I, I looked back and I said, you know, the 1950s, we really had it together. We had, we had dad was at work. Mom was at home, 2.5 kids at school and, you know, that's, that was, that was beautiful. Like, you know, we learned discipline and we learned, we learned how to work and we learned how to be, you know, uh, self-sustaining in a different sense than I use those terms now. Right. But, um, but, you know, just hardworking, independent individuals that were a part of a bigger system that uh, I thought, I thought there was something really beautiful to that. But as, as I've examined it more and more, I've come to realize that it was actually the creation of that nuclear family concept that I see as being a major factor in just the decline of everything in the decline of our culture and a decline of our, our masculinity and all of these things. And that might sound sort of strange at first, if you, if you, if you haven't heard my, my line of thinking on it, because you're like, well, there was a lot of masculinity back then and all those things. But before that time, if we if we if we go way back, we go back to the 19th century, late 19th century, there was a different model of family that was that was around. And that was what my wife had been calling it. We call it a lot of the time, like generational um, generational family, things like that. Um, but it was that you had a great grandma and a great grandpa, assuming they're still alive in a home that they would be just sitting in the background <laughs> departing knowledge upon amongst their kids who would be the grandpa and grandma in the same household. 
who would be having a huge hand in raising kids, which were born by their kids. So you got mom and dad and mom and dad are probably going to be the, the hardest workers in this, in this setup. While you have kids who are being raised by the entire, it's almost an entire village at that point. It's not just mom, dad, and you know, you go visit grandpa and grandma from time to time. It's all one big thing. And that, and part of that too, is that these were mostly homesteads. These were, these were people who had been working, they're working on the same land that the great grandparents had worked. So you have old people who can't work, but they have a lot of knowledge of the land and they know what's happened. They know the weather patterns. They know all the things that have happened through the years. And then you have the, the, the grandparents who are now getting older and they don't want to work quite so hard outside. They're, they're getting old. They, they need to take a little break, but that's a great time to start spending time with kids. You get the kids out, you work at a slower pace. You're working with the kids as their kids and mom and dad are keeping their heads down and they're working hard. And I think that that was something that was really beautiful that was going on, but there was something that really, really changed uh, as I, as I dig into it in the 1700s. So we're going back real freaking far here, a <laughs> little too far, really, but it's important um, because there were papers being put out. There were, there were articles that people were reading that were all about the water wheel and how there were estimations that by, it was the, like, there was a year put to it. It was something like 1850 by 1850 in about somewhere between 60 and hundred years into the future, we were going to run out of space to put water wheels in. So, but this is also simultaneously, they were, they, they were developing the steam engine, right? So they were saying, what we need to do is we need to start mining coal like crazy. So we can fund these, so we can run these, uh, these, these steam engines so that we can replace the water wheel with the steam engine. But in order to do that, we're going to need really hardworking men, men who don't have time for, for working on a homestead. They're going to be putting in like 18 hour days down in these coal mines, pulling these things out, especially if we're going to save the planet by getting rid of all these water wheels. We <laughs> got to do that. Right. right. I don't know if they would have said save the planet, but, but save, save civilization. Sure. Because otherwise we're just going to run out. We're going to run out of space. You know, does this sound kind of familiar even, <laughs> you know, the whole, the whole concept of running out of space. That right. was all the way back in like in like 1760 to 1790, and that well, sounds like uh, what is it in Ecclesiastes? There's nothing new under the sun. Absolutely, <laughs> it's that's it, there it's is the not same narrative over and over and over again told. It's in a just you way. put in you put in different devices, and in this right. case, it was we needed to get the steam engine going. But in order to do that, we needed these hardworking men to leave the farm. So it 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 worked in conjunction with a number of things that all happened at the same time. And that was largely, I believe, built around the idea of getting men out of the home and into those mines, but they wouldn't need firewood anymore. You don't need firewood. You're going to burn coal. You'll need a little bit of wood. You got to start a fire, but right. you throw your coal on there and you're going to keep your coal going. You're going to keep your fire going with your coal. And on top of that, you're not going to have time to grow food. You're not going to have time to raise animals, but you're going to make money. We're going to give you coal. We're going to give you money. You're going to give that money to your wife and your wife is going to go to the store. We're going to have stores. We're going to, we're going to separate. Some people aren't going to be fit for the mines. 
the, the less hardworking guys who will just put in 18 hours a day farming food, right? Yep, Whether right. it be animals or vegetables or, or grains or whatever. So they, so they start dividing everything up. They start industrializing farms. So farms are focusing on just growing wheat. They're focusing on just raising cattle. They're focusing on doing one thing in abundance so they can provide, so that they can have a setup so that men can be taken away from the home by going to work down in these coal mines, come back, keep their house warm, pay their wives to go out and get all the food that they need, raise the children and all of that. And that kind of that kind of stabilized for a little while up until World War II. And then that's when after after World War II, that's when I see it as that the the nuclear family was was born. Right. That that whole concept. And part of that, something else that happened in that time was the I'll say the invention of the um, the nursing home, the old folks home. <laughs> Uh, because prior to that, there were things like that, but they were state run and they were um, insane asylums. If right. you if you were old and no one would take care of you, meaning you didn't have family, you, you'd have a place to go. But it was it was shit. I mean, that's like a whole other subject yeah. on its own. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be that could be hours of, of, of discussion right there on how fucked up those things were. Right. Right. But it started. So. In the particularly by like the 1920s and 30s, there started being these privately run uh, nursing homes, which were under the idea that like, hey, if your mom and dad, this would be grandpa and grandma, they're getting old, great grandpa, great grandma, they're hard to take care of. Well, you're outside of the house and you're working all the time, right? You're making all this money. Things are getting better and better as far as like money goes, as far as money flow and economy and, you know everybody's everybody's doing pretty good we'll take them off your hands and i'm not even going to paint it negatively it was a good place you know it was a, yeah. it was a good place they had all the medical care they needed um and um it freed up your whole household to not worry about the old people anymore but you also lose something at that point you start losing some wisdom right right and so now grandpa and grandma are someone you go visit they're someone you go visit. They're not someone that you live with. They're not directly a part of your close family. They're one step outside of it. Not a huge step even necessarily. It could be right down the street from you. It could be, you know, it's in your county at least, surely. Uh, so you're not, you're not having to travel across the country to go see grandpa and grandma, but they're just not a part of your daily in and out of life. So that was, that was pre-World War Two, that that was all happening world war one and pre-world war two but then after that is when it starts it, it starts being a little more like they're actually trying to to divide things up this is when also we have public school is rushing in at this time government schools are, are taking over you're not teaching your kids anymore you're sending your kids off to school so this is leaving this dynamic where in the morning the family's together sans the grandparents they're all together, have breakfast. Everybody gets up from the table. Uh, Johnny and Susie go off to school and the dad goes to work. And for eight hours or so, mom is home alone. And she has all kinds of work to do because she's a housewife, right? She's got, she's got cleaning. She's got food preservation. She's got, you know, like whatever else needs to grocery shopping, even if she's not doing food preservation per se. Um, and 
then as as that time goes by, we start having more and more of these modern convenience inventions coming out, such as a vacuum cleaner, uh, automatic dishwasher, automatic clothes washer. You also have things like hostess popping up, hostess type things where you don't even need to cook dessert anymore. It'll you'll you'll have you'll have these cakes that are stuffed with with uh, with uh, frosting on the inside. I- and you can eat them with your fingers and they're no hassle to mom. And all of this sounds wonderful, right? Like, oh, my, hey, my grandma lived light. on those. Anytime we yeah. go over to her house, she'd break out and, the intimates. And this is all, this is all very appealing to these people. Like, especially dad who's off at work. He's, he doesn't really know what's happening at the house during the day. And he's like, Hey, I can provide something for my wife. The, and that will make life simpler for her. Right. She doesn't have to, she doesn't have to sweep. She can vacuum. She doesn't have to cook. She can unwrap. Uh, she can make things from boxes. We have TV dinners. We have all these things coming along. And all the while, it's taking away the purpose in life for mom. It's bringing her to a point where, oh, you know, let's let's point out too, it's going to be frowned upon if she starts drinking, right? She's home for eight hours <laughs> by herself. And if she drinks a bottle of wine in that time, She's, she's a horrible person, right? <laughs> you know, so she's going to feel a little enslaved. She's going to feel a little trapped, you know, and I can, I can get that picture, even though life is convenient, it's not really fulfilling. Right. Right. She's just, she's just kind of stuck, you know? And so, so this is going through the fifties now, you know, we're in the fifties and we're in leave it to beaver territory and June Cleaver is is an upstanding woman who is going to she's 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 gonna go through it she's not a drunk and she's really happy to see her boys and the cuts on that tv show are gonna leave it so that she's really happy she does she fills her whole day you just have to assume that but the reality is is these a lot of these women were feeling very very unfulfilled and that's when all of a sudden we get this this wave of feminism that came through right this wave of feminism that said Hey, you're better than that. You're worth more than that, which they are. And the way you do that is by uh, let's let's cut to the let's cut to the chase scene here and we say it's that you need to divorce your husband. <laughs> you, you need to work for yourself. Right. You need to provide everything for yourself and for that matter you can't let that asshole have the kids. He's a dick. You need to keep those kids. So you need to raise children on your own. And by on your own, I mean, through the government school system and then on your own in your own time in between that you need to be you need to provide them with meals, but you're not going to cook. You're going to use TV dinners. You're going to use hostess for dessert. You're going to you're going to just barely squeak by. You're not going to make lunches. You're going to pay for hot lunches are now available at school. Uh, Brown paper bag kids were the were the were were frowned upon. (laughs) You know, they were the poor kids. They were the kids with moms who loved them. You know, <laughs> uh, and and I, I think you can probably see this picture that I'm, I'm building to like how first we had to build up the nuclear family. Right. In order for this to fall. And mm-hmm. the fall is horrible. I would take the nuclear family any day over what we have now where it's single mothers. It's fathers who can't get ahead because all they do is pay alimony and child support. Right. And we have and we have women who are just strapped with two, three kids, raising them by themselves. They're working constantly just to be able to, to keep, to make ends meet. And 
you know, but if, if we're talking about how the hell did we wind up here, I think that is, is a very, very, very major component to it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, it, and, and you said it before, like towards the very end of this, that, you know, you, you can't, you can't break something down until you build it up first. It's gotta be yeah. built up to be able to, to be able to break it down. And they did a really good job about, um, about building that up. You know, I think one of the things too, kind of along with what you're talking about is the invention of the interstate system and the freeway system mm-hmm. as well, because all of a sudden it made it to where you don't have to be. So you could be three States away and Hey, you know what, we're, we're going to take a summer trip to go see grandma and grandpa. You know, it's, you know, you're going to see where I grew up. You're going to do all this. And you're right. Cause it's, you know, stories were stories were told around the candlelight when, you know, when there is no TV, no radio, they have that generational family inside. Stories are told, information was passed down. They got taken away maybe a little bit. People sat by the radio and listened to, to whatever stories were on there. But then the TV came around and you know what? I don't need to listen to grandma and grandpa because Tom Brokaw. Jack Benny's or funnier. <laughs> right. Or that and also even the news. Like, you know, you had Tom Brokaw yeah. or what, Walter mm-hmm. Cronkite, whichever one is the most trusted man in America. So sure. I don't I don't need to get my news now from mom and dad or grandma and grandpa. I can get it. You know, this is where it's coming from. And then and you're, and you're hearing it from someone who's just going to report the hard, cold facts, as he's right. told them, as opposed to grandpa, when he sits and reads the newspaper and reads those cold, hard facts, he's reading them and he's distilling them to the family through the lens of what he's lived through yep. and what he's seen. So when so, you know, take it way back. And when he's reading that the water wheel is going to. Uh, run out of space he could say yeah you know what that doesn't make sense to me because we have a lot of streams right. <laughs> and we could put multiple wheels on every stream like we're not taking the water the water's still moving past that it's not you know like he, he could just use his own farming logic yeah. to say no 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 that doesn't make sense but fast forward back into when the radio's there and you're just hearing you're hearing this this cold hard fact and the whole family's hearing it all at the same time and no one's talking they're going oh crap x y or z is going away and there's nothing we can do about it so we better adapt to whatever the new thing is that's coming in like right now that would be fossil fuel you know and it has been for a long time fossil fuel is limited and it's going away so we all better start working towards getting a tesla (laughs) we better we better start or at least we better we better be looking at alternative fuel sources because the the combustible engine just it's not sustainable the news tells us it's been telling us since the 1970s at least that that's right yeah you know and one you were talking about nursing home and i never thought about this before until you started talking about it but nursing home was also probably one of the big pushes or introductions to big pharma to these families oh yeah big time yeah 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 I never really put those two together of like, well, they're in our care. We've got the best doctors on staff. You're trusting us. And this is what we're going to give your mom, or this is what we're going to give your dad. Or you don't even tell them what you're giving them. True. And you, and, and you're really, you're just feeding them 1930s Xanax or whatever it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and you're just keeping them lightly sedated, subdued and cool. So that right. when you do go visit them, they're like, oh yeah, things are fine. We sit around, and listen to the radio, and they serve us cream corn in the evenings. And you know, <laughs> it's nice because it's easy to chew. You right. know, <laughs> like and we, the, we quilt in the evenings, and yeah, you know, make yeah. scrapbooks, and they keep us just busy enough, but not so busy that we're tired. Although, yeah, 
I am tired all the time. And, you know, you point out something great with the interstates there, too, uh, because as time progressed with this model, it's gotten to where, like, there's something it's this gets a little woo woo, but I won't go too far on that of that. Uh, like, I believe very strongly in our geomagnetic location. Like, I think that we're connected to the land where we are and where yes. we spend time. And yeah. the longer we're in one place, the more energy we have there and the better we can work with that land. And as grandpa and grandma move away, that's just on its own is breaking that up. And as we move way down the road to more modern times, it's like it, it's like borderline taboo. Maybe taboo is not the right word, but it's uh, it's not you're not thought of as a great person. If you stay in one location, your entire life, you know, you need right. to move. It's so, so if we look at it a little from in reverse, from the kid's point of view, as they're off to government school, mom's stuck at home. Dad's at, stuck at work all the time. We'll put it that way. He's stuck at work. He's, right. he's, he's enslaved to his job. She's enslaved to the house. The kids are enslaved to school. And what's their goal is to, do well enough in school so that they can go to college yes. so that they can get a job somewhere else Yep. <laughs> so they can move away. And, you know, I, you know, you're, you're probably about my age, John, you know, like, did your parents say to you all the time, like they did to me, I can't wait until you're 18 because <laughs> then you're going to be on your own. You know, that became a thing somewhere in there, right? You know, like that, that, that parents felt that they only had to take care of their kids till they were 18 and they didn't mind telling them. And, yeah. you know, in my case, in my particular family's case, rather, my grandfather, who lived his in, he lived his entire life in this house that I'm talking to you from right now, his father built this this house. OK. And he moved in here when he was three years old and he lived here until he was 92 years old. Wow. Right. Like wow. that unfucking heard of right yeah and i think there was something really special about that but now my father uh i'll try not to get into my daddy issues here but <laughs> no Sorry, it's not it's gonna safe, be like that it's a safe space Chad. just uh, space. oh good i'm glad to know i'm in a safe space it's a cry room <laughs> <laughs> no this isn't gonna be like that but i'm just gonna tell that my my dad was a real smart guy uh he grew up on this farm and he was really really smart too smart for chores. You might even say I've read my grandma's old journals from when he was a boy and he, he like had a real hard time uh, being a part of a work crew. He did, he did a bit, but he was it, there. So many entries where they say I was out in the garden doing this. Uh, uh, his, his father was out in the field doing that. His sister was doing this and he was in his room studying and he studied and he studied and by the time he was he was 17, he was offered a full scholarship completely paid to the University of Chicago. Wow. Which is a very prestigious school, yeah. which, of course, he he jumped on. And I'm sure back and, at that time, Chicago was, you know, Chicago was definitely thought as differently. It was thought differently than it is today as well. Like Chicago, I think, was probably one of those where people strive to go to. Oh, right? absolutely. Even the city, just the city of Chicago, it was like. And that, and that's what all cities at that point, I think, were appealing to someone like my dad. He was going, yeah, work smarter, not harder. Right. Right. You know, I, and, and, and the idea, like, I'm, I'm sure 
you know, I'm putting words in his mouth, but he would have been underutilized by being stuck on a farm. If he'd been born a hundred years before, you know, this is the, what I think he would think if he'd been born a hundred years before he would have just been wasted. He would have right. just had to, to get over his allergies and uh, wouldn't have glasses and would be nearly blind and would have, <laughs> instead of being the smart nerd that he was, he would have just been the lame guy on the farm who could never get all his chores done on time. Right. But instead he was looked up to by a lot of people and he, you know, he went on, he, he went into a degree on computer sciences, which was, he was one of the first people to do that. Um, you know, he worked on computers back in the 1960s, which is, was, was unheard of at the time. Yeah. They were the size of a room. You had to go to someplace like the university of Chicago right. to even know that those things existed outside of the twilight zone, you know, twilight zone would talk about them, but right. that was about it, you know, but he was really doing it. Like he, he spent years of his life organizing cards that had hole punches in them, which would, he would stack up the, the hole punches would be in different spots on the yeah. cards. Yep. And they'd run them through a machine and a light would go through it and calculate where they all are. And those would be his ones and zeros. And those were computer programs in 1969. Yeah. And you had to be real smart to know where to put those hole punches, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, my, uh, but for real, my, you did. Yeah. And my, uh, my grandpa, he, uh, I think you and I have a, a pretty similar story to stuff like this. Cause my, uh, my grandpa was the same way, you know, grew up on the farm, grew up during the depression, ended up going to college, getting married. He, he went on to work uh, for NASA and he worked, mm. in, he worked in the telemet telemetry department. He was the head of the telemetry for uh, the Apollo Soyuz mission when, when we linked up with Russia. So he was real familiar with the computers and those, those cards and all that kind of stuff. Right. Right. That's, that's, that's amazing. Does he know anything about where all the telemetry data went from the moon landing? He passed away <laughs> before I started getting into this, unfortunately. Like there's a lot of times I'm kicking myself. I'm like, I wish I would have known because I could have asked him. Yeah. It would be interesting to hear someone in his positions Did answer really to a question like that. Moon? That's what I, that's the first thing I would ask him. Did we really well, land it, on the moon? It'd be amazing if he was like angry that they in quotes lost that data because oh, he'd be yeah. like, you know, that was, that was a lifetime of, like, and, that was 10, that was 20, that was yeah. a thousand people's lifetimes worth of work, you know? And he, and he would have too. He would have been really, really, really upset about that. Yeah. That's so. uh that's, that's wild. Yeah. But to pull it back with, uh with my, uh with my dad and I just, I'm just painting a picture to show that like, um it's real common. It's real common that in the in that nuclear family time of the like 1950s and such that the whole goal, if you were on a farm still, was to get the fuck off there. Yep. Like this, there was everybody could read and hear the newspapers and radio and television now that we're all saying there's no future in farming. The only future in farming is if you're going to be an industrialized farmer, which a lot of people did continue to do, but they but it was like, you need a lot of land. You can't have a 40 acre homestead and think that that's a way to live anymore. Right. And then within that, just being a cool guy, you had to get to the city. You know, you had to get to the city in the fifties to be a cool guy, but then imagine how much more on high that is by 1969. Right. When you got the hate Ashbury, San Francisco scene, you got Woodstock happening. Like if you weren't there or there, you weren't 
you weren't shit. Right. <laughs> you know, well, this is this you, is about the time too where you know, like Life magazine and Time magazine and all that starts coming out as well. And I'm sure it's winding up in those mailboxes in, in the rural country, and the younger kids are looking at it going, We gotta get to Chicago, we gotta get to New York, we gotta get to Los Angeles, we got you we know, gotta get the hell away from our geomagnetic location. We're being held back. Yes, yeah. I think everybody felt held back men and women alike or not, not so much men and women, I should say boys and girls alike, right? Like teenagers, teenagers at that time were all feeling held back. They, and if they went to college, they would see how held back their mother was. It's right. going to make them resent their father. You know, like all of this is just, it's all of this is all cooking under the surface of everything that was going on at that time. Yep. And that's why I think that, you know, by the time those people from from my dad's generation, uh, people who went to college in the late 60s, early 70s, um, by the time they came down from their acid trips and all that <laughs> shit and got back to reality, they all became the the yuppies, the yuppies yeah. in the in the in the 80s. A lot of them became Christian, but not even Christian, not real Christian, not a Christian who like believes in a God, but right. they were a part of like the whole satanic panic of the 80s and the whole anybody who's who's not conforming to what everything should be was was being demonized by those people yeah and, and even just the fact of well we've got to go to church because we've got to have a presence somewhere right like the church mm -hmm. was almost more of a social club than absolutely you know than what it was designed for it was a place to drink coffee and eat cookies after yeah. you had to sit through a boring something that I don't know what that guy was talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and, and then, then the afterwards, off, you, then the kids ought to be babysat for two hours. Yep. Kids get kids are babysat. You have to sit through some shit, but then you get coffee and cookies or, yep. you know, coffee and cake or whatever you get to socialize and you, and you socialize and, and it's away from work and it's away from family. It's just a different moment in your life. But a yep. lot of those people, as I think I figured out, as because that was my time in the 80s going yeah. to, i went to church in the 80s and i it was by the late 90s i realized that pretty much everybody in my church was a fraud none of them none of them believed shit yep. <laughs> they were all just a part of a social club and they loved okay. tipper gore al gore's wife as she was <laughs> condemning people for their for their uh terrible dirty lyrics in their music I, and you know she's the one who brought us the tipper sticker the parental yep. advisory um and and all those people were right on board with all of that kind of crap. Yeah, the church was but the whole reason I couldn't play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons was vilified, which is yeah. a which is like a great game, you know, a mind expanding game. It helps yep. with your imagination and reading and all these other great things. So much better than <laughs> a lot of things that are out there anyway. Right, better than Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> and well, and that's and you know, if we fast forward again into like modern times, that's. That's where we end up. Well, first we see that all those people turned on the Christianity thing. I could, I think that most of those eighties churchgoers who were just paying lip service, they're all playing. They're all paying now lip service to the green, to yep. green energy, to uh, woke wokeism. You know, they're the, they're the boomers who are woke. If, right. you, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm not saying all boomers are woke. Of course, none of nothing I'm saying applies to everyone. There sure. are exceptions with everything, but the culture as a whole yeah, general, seems to have taken these statement. shifts. Yeah. And uh, because of course there's married people still, there's people who have long marriages, all that kind of stuff. But we, we've come so far from that nuclear family that the idea of getting married for a lot of people 
is a temporary status. That's all it is. Right. It's, and it, it there's not even that, um, you know, uh, we don't want to have a bastard child. So we have to get married. We don't want to live in sin. So we have to get married. Like those types of thoughts. It's right. simply, it's simply, Oh yeah, let's have a party. Let's invite all of our friends and have a huge fucking party. <laughs> Yeah. And it's going to be a blast and everyone's going to talk about it and you get married. And a lot of these only last like two years, yeah. no kids or they have kids. And it's, I don't know, like the, 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 the effects that has on the tender hearts of children to see their parents be split up, or even if they don't get divorced, but just go live in separate places, all of that, it's all, it's all contributing to, yeah. to how the hell we wound up here. Yeah. You know, and even, so I don't know. I got a lot of things. So, but going back to what you're saying before about, well, first off, you were talking about, you don't want to get too woo woo and out there, but I'm a firm believer like you, that the energy that we put out there and the energy that we create. Right. And they say that, what is it, it's like within six feet, if people are within six feet of each other, they basically kind of like feed with off of the energy of each I, other. I believe that, especially at the way they tried to break us up for COVID. Yeah, I think I think it's six feet. It might be eight, but you can see that as well. well so let's go with six feet because that was a magic number that they pulled right. out and said we couldn't get within six feet of each other. And you can see the importance of that if we go all the way back to before TV, before radio, to grandpa sitting there reading the paper. The kids are probably more than likely at his feet. The mom mm -hmm. is probably next to the dad or next to her, next, next to her dad or whoever's reading the grandparent and the dad's probably somewhere in there too. So they're probably all within six feet of each other at one point or the other, the radio gets invented. You don't have to be within six feet of each other. You can turn the volume up. You can, you know, so you, you lose that. Then the TV does, does even more. And then, you know, the invention of even to where we're at now, I can communicate with my kids. I don't even have to be in the same country now to communicate right. with my kids, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's a black screen and a cell phone and, you know, that's all I have to do. And so, I, you know, again, with the, with the name of the show, but that's how the hell did we wind up here? Part of it is we, you know, I, I, with your grand with your, so it's your great grandpa who built the place or your grandpa, grandpa built it. Great grandpa yeah. built it. You know, and I, I'm a friend, you know, I've tried to recreate different recipes that my grandma has done. And I have put the same exact ingredients, the same amount, and it does not taste the same. But it's because she had a different kind of energy, a different kind of love that she put into it. I'm sure it's the same way even in the house that your grand, that your great grandpa built as well. There, there's an energy in there that, whether you realize it or not, that he put in there to build it. You know, he built it out of necessity, Absolutely. but out of love and all that. So you're sitting in there within, within inside that love, where so many people now, myself included, I'm sitting in a house that a builder built. You know, and, mm -hmm. and their their whole goal for, for building this house was to build it as quickly as possible so they could get paid and move on to the next one. At as low a price as possible and while still passing yeah. regulations and having it quality, you know, and all those things. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and so with that, you lose all of that kind of, I don't even know what you want to call it, mystic, mystic well, vibes or whatever. Let me try and put some positivity in with that, of that it's never too late to start. Right. Right. So, you know, I don't know if this is your forever home that you're in right now that you're talking about. Every home anybody... I've been in is a forever home because I don't want to move again. Then... Yeah, right. I, I get that. Um, but that's like you and, and you should I think everyone should look at their their current location as their forever location. I know that's real hard to say to someone who's like renting or in an apartment renting even uh, or owning a condo. But 
it is, you are putting energy in, you know, I've thought about this in the past. Like when I did used to rent, you know, I I've rented from some pretty old houses that were a hundred years old when I moved in. It's like, man, just think about all the things that have happened here. You know, uh, it's, you have to wonder, was anyone ever murdered in here? <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of questions. Uh, that's my morbid curiosity, but like, just start today and look at the energy that you're providing for your geomagnetic location. Now that's going to be there forever. You're imprinting yourself where, wherever you are, you're imprinting yourself in the ground and the foundation and the ceiling and the walls and the materials that are there. And if you do end up being there forever, hopefully you can raise some kids in there and let those kids take over the place. Or in like your case, your kids, kids could continue to live there or move back in there. Yeah. Um, and, and then at least it started in 2023 and didn't start in 2025 or 2030 yep. or 2032. If these years will ever exist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, it's, it's not even a real year. I, I have, I have young boys and I, if I wasn't, I'm, I'm really proud to, cause my great grandfather built this place, but his father planted an orchard as a housewarming gift. And one of those trees is still here. So oh I have sons who are playing as we speak, they're outside under a pear tree that was planted by their great, great, great grandfather, which is absolutely amazing. But if that wasn't the case, if we were on new land, if we, to us, if we had just bought some raw land or bought a house, bought an old farm, who knows what the energy is that's already there, but I would want to start today in 2023 and say, this is where the energy is going. And I'm going to try my best to raise my boys in a way that they want to stay here. And that this is not only my forever home, but it's my family's forever, forever home. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's all that's lost on everybody because you know, and it, I think it probably does begin really with the nuclear family or right before the nuclear family of the, you know, the term is trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, somebody living in a farmhouse in a rural country, they didn't have plumbing. They didn't have, you know, running water, but the Joneses down the street got it. And guess who wants it now? The wife wants it. And the husband is there going, we, we can't afford it. We, you know, we barely break even every year. And the wife is, we want it. We want it. We want it. You fast forward into the wife's 50s. going, I'm sick of going outside to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. And then you fast forward to the fifties where it, you know, you had the door to door salesman with the vacuums and the, you know, the other appliances and it's, Oh, well you have a stove. Well, they got a microwave and they can make dinner in three minutes. It takes me all day to get all of this prepared. And so you've got, you know, just a, a cycle. And, the, and for the guy, it's, you know, I don't know if cars were as big of a deal in the fifties as they are now, maybe to like, you know, hot rod teenagers yeah. or something. I think they were, I think they were a real big deal back then, but I you think, know, every, I think they were to a point of like, you know, you want the Cadillac was kind of the, the, the cream of the crop, right? Like everybody wanted the Cadillac with the big fins sure. in the back and, and all that, or, you know, the Bel Air and, and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the, the husbands, the men, they had car envy or they had, you know, whatever whatever envy as well and it just it was and that was i think part of the thing too of taking everybody from the city from the from the country from the farms and moving them into the city where they're right next to each other and everybody could see it right yeah. everybody can see somebody driving down the road and when 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 you were still in a horse and buggy and your neighbor came home driving that pontiac 
<laughs> you know, or whatever, driving anything, driving, yeah, driving. as opposed to writing, you know, it'd be like, oh shit. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> like, well, you know, I, that, want, I want that. <laughs> and that's the thing too, like, especially like the invention of the freeway system and the interstates, you know, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't your local grocer anymore. Right. It wasn't your, it wasn't how far can I go with a horse and buggy and still be able to get back home before it gets dark. All mm-hmm. of a sudden it's, you know what? There's trucks coming in every day. We can go wherever we want. We can do all this. It, you know, yeah, it's a convenience, but at the same time, it takes away, you know, everything that, you know, even just, even just the energy you get from being able to work on your farm and be able to look and just be like, you know, not trying to brag, but like, I accomplished that. I built that. I, you know, my fan, you know, we're out there working every day and, you know, we're, we're surviving kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a huge sense of pride when you built a chicken coop. Yeah. And you can, and you can, and and you're, and you're closing it up for the night. You know, you've you built it a year ago and you're just closing it up for a night and you stand back and you look at it and you go, I, I did that. I know that that's a different feeling than someone like I have a neighbor down the road who I can see has a really cute little chicken coop that's <laughs> on wheels. Right. They totally bought at uh, the farmer's co-op down the road. Like I've sure. seen the same model, you know, and it's like, it's, it's cute. Like I, like I can see some, especially a woman, <laughs> uh, like just being like, I want that. I think that's nice. It looks like a house with right. a cage at the bottom and it's on wheels too. So, you know, like the chickens never have to be on the dirty ground and the, and we can have three chickens in there and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, I don't mean to make fun of people. No, everybody, anybody who's doing that, I'm proud of them because they have fucking chickens and that's better than exactly. not having any chickens. So don't let me make fun of you and, and, <laughs> and turn away. But um, uh, they're not, no one's going to have that same sense of pride. Even the guy who built that thing, cause he built a hundred of them and sold them for 500 bucks or 700,000 right. bucks. I don't know, whatever someone pays for something like that. Uh, and he'll, he'll never see it. And if he did see it, he might, well, maybe he would, you know, he'd see that and go, Oh shit, that's one that I built. Right. You know? um, if it's, if it's even that custom, it could just be from a factory that was, you know, it template okay. cut, all these pieces of plywood and, you know, a team of people just stapled them together and, you know, it's out the door. Um, Oh, Hey, my company built that, (laughs) you know, you wouldn't say I built that. Right. I cut Um, that window. I cut that hole right there for the window. (laughs) Yeah. See the, see the upper left window. That was my job. I was punching those holes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although now it's just quality control. The machine cuts it. You just make sure that it, that it cut it correctly and send it on down the line. But that car envy, um, you know, if we put that into more into like a real modern sense and, you know, forget chickens, modern chickens aren't modern. People aren't are right. Modern, modern people, people who are with it ain't raising chickens. Right. Right. Uh, And by with it, I mean, by the cultural standard or whatever. But it is it is. um, uh, So someone is going out and they're using a key to start their car and they're going, oh, that guy doesn't have to use a key. He presses a button. I wish I had that. And then that guy who's pressing the button sees someone else walking up to their car, which is already started because he remote started it yep. and it's already warmed up and it's cold out. I want that. And then when they get home, one guy's going in and turning on his AC. Another guy's going, I wish I had AC, but someone else is going, it go, getting into their house, which they remote turned on their AC an right. hour before they got home. So the place is already cooled down. So we have all these things, this envy that people are, 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 almost guaranteed to have 
Like you're, you're, you're almost guaranteed to look around at your neighbors and go, I want that. And, and all of that is becoming technology. If I was, yeah. when you first asked me to do this, we had, we had a couple scheduling conflicts, but the first thing I was going to say was, was technology. Technology is how the hell we wound up here. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, there's a lot to that. I, I could have chosen that. Sure. I just thought that the nuclear family is better, but if I, if I wax on the technology thing a little bit, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's where our MV sits today. And it's also where our communication breakdown is today. You were mentioning like, we all used to, we were talking about how we all used to sit and listen to grandpa read the newspaper that turned into the radio, the television. Now we don't even have to talk to our kids who are in the same house as us. We're, we're texting. There's a, there's something that comes with that level of communication where we become more isolated. The, yeah. the more like we we've never been in more social times than we are right now in one sense, right? Right now I'm able to talk to someone from Washington state to Texas. Like we're right here in the same room. Like this is, this is absolutely amazing. Our communication is, is fucking top notch. Cause you and I are sitting here like we're friends, even though we are thousands, thousands of miles apart, literally, but yet we can do this. So that's like bringing us closer together. But at the same time, I could be communicating with my wife, who is literally 10 feet above my head right now yeah, without seeing her. And that is farther away than I ever would be if I was just to yell up at her or go upstairs and open a door and speak or go hug her. There's there, <laughs> there's real connection, literal connection right there. Um, and I think that there's something really horrible happening with children. And I'm I'm using that term not just for little children but men in quotes men <laughs> in their <laughs> 20s who uh I, I think they're all so depressed and i think that they're and again blanket statements not everyone right but there's a lot of 20 year old men right now who are de- very depressed yeah. and they they are more isolated than any generation has ever been why? Because nobody wants to hang out. A lot of people do, of course, but there's a lot of people who get through. Anyone who has any kind of social anxiety, they just don't go out now. And they don't need to because they have such great communication. They can talk to people in different states and even other countries uh, all the way across the whole earth realm. Well, now they, don't even need, now they don't even need real people, right? Now they can just download an iBot and yeah. and. You know, there is a there's an article that I um, Matt and Ryan came on. Uh, they were the last one that, who came on. And, and there's an article I showed them that it showed that a significant of men are starting to fall in love with AI, with, with an AI women, because it, it gives them everything that they want and they don't have to have a fear of rejection or, you know, anything else with that. And it's just. I, uh, I, I was I was talking to two guys fairly recently, both in their early 20s both recent college graduates, both lost, don't know where, what they're doing in their life. Uh, and both of them, they, all they listen to for music is uh, electronic dance music, dance, dance songs. Right. Okay. That's, I don't, I don't care, but I, I was asking them like about what they do at night. <laughs> you know, what, what, what do you guys do for a good time? They both just play video games. Yep. They both stay at home. I was like, you guys don't go dancing because I would have I would have in a previous lifetime. I could have bet now 
that they just play video games because it seems right. like that's what people do. <laughs> but in a but 10 years ago, someone who only listened to dance music during the day. Yeah. I would say, well, these people are hung over every day because they're out at dance clubs. Yeah, they're going to raves every night. Yeah, that's that's obviously what these guys do. But no, they don't. And they 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 suffer from perpetual boredom. They suffer from not really ever wanting to do anything. And if I ask, and when I'm asking them, like, why 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 don't you go out? It's like, well, I don't know. I got I got a lot of YouTube videos to watch. <laughs> You know, and 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 you'd think they're being ironic. You'd think they're being funny. They'd be absolutely hilarious comedians if they right. meant to be funny, <laughs> but they're not being funny. They're they're talking about taking a break from playing their their Fortnite game so that they can watch some YouTube videos. They talk about being behind on watching YouTube videos because they're playing too many video games. Right. None of this is them interacting with the real world, and these these two particular individuals i'm thinking of are just they're they're sad i i i dare not ask because it's none of my fucking business but what pharmaceuticals are you guys on <laughs> what fucking ssri antidepressant bullshit are you yeah. guys on constantly to keep you in this state it's I, and i i blame technology on every fucking level for that shit i i agree but you know it that whole staying home to watch youtube thing that's not a it's not a a generational thing because my parents you know i i grew up in the 80s i'm you know i'm 40 how old am i 45 yeah 45 so you know my parents before the vcr was invented before tivo was invented you had to be home to watch a program right like we've got to be home at this time because mash comes on i'm not missing mash or i'm we got to watch murphy brown or you know whatever whatever was out there sort of yep. thing and it's the, it's the same they weren't behind on it but at the same time their schedule a lot of times really revolved around around oh that. i can't do that it's a thursday night that's when right. uh that's when cheers is on and then all I can't of a sudden miss that and then all of a sudden disney on sunday night put out their movie of the week or whatever it was and that kept half the people home from going to church on a sunday night as well sure you sure. know and, and all that and so it's it's the it's the same thing, just packaged differently, you know. Like absolutely. We said at the beginning, there's there's no doubt about that. I I was uh, absolutely a uh, I'll say victim to that. <laughs> I I I, par- I played in that game too. Uh, you know, I I distinctly remember being a teenager and saying, "No, I can't go to a party on a Saturday night." Right. That's when Joe Bob Briggs is on TV, and I'm not gonna <laughs> fucking miss it, man. You know, like that was it was like important to me to see that well, what was <laughs> Which, the best part about being a kid on sunday morning or on saturday morning waking up at 8 a.m pouring yourself a big bowl of bowl cereal, cereal. <laughs> laying down on the floor and watching cartoons until 10 or 11 whenever the the adult programming came on and then but that's when you know you and i would go outside and we you know we go play until it got dark yeah sort of thing so it's it had a different outcome a little bit but at the same time it was the same well, so, so what I think that all speaks to is that the, it's the incrementalism of all of what I'm talking about. None of this happened in a day. Right. None of this happened overnight. All of it, you know, we didn't we didn't go from grandpa reading the newspaper to us all looking at Twitter feeds on individual phones. Right. Overnight. There were a lot of steps that got us there. And an important one was television and television in time became, you know, more and more channels more and more personalized uh, so that 
by the time I was a teenager and we got cable for the first time, that that's a true story about the Joe Bob Briggs thing. There's a side to that that I didn't mention was that we'd never had cable before. Okay. And suddenly I had cable fucking TV <laughs> and, and it was like, I, I could watch these things that you know, I heard other people talking about, but um, so it wasn't like a long time ritual. That was just more of a, a moment in time, but uh, absolutely. Uh, the, the concept of like, Oh, Thursday night's the best night because that's when the best TV's on. Right. You know, uh, I don't go out on X night. I can't, I can't join. I can't do my bowling league on Tuesdays because Tuesdays yeah. is when the best TV's on or whatever. Right. Or as a but family, got, as a family, you'd order pizza on a Friday night and watch TGIF. Right. Yes, exactly. We'd, we'd start scheduling our lives around these TV schedules because they couldn't, we couldn't personalize it to the level that we can today where we can watch whatever we want, whenever we want, as many times as we want. You know, we had to, we had to have a TV guide, you know, yeah. you had to have, you had to, you had to look ahead. Um, you had to, you had to plan. You might, you might say, Oh, I can't go out this week because this day of the week, because my favorite show's on. And then you stay home and guess what? It's a rerun. It's a rerun. That's what I was just going to say that you got mad. Cause it's a rerun. Yeah. And then I you're like, Oh you man, I could have gone to the party. Well, maybe I still could. Oh, it's late. And I already smoked weed. I don't want to go out, <laughs> you know, you know, that's or whatever. That's one of my favorite, favorite parts in, in any movie is when is uh, Back to the Future when Michael J. Fox wakes up, you know, at, at his mom's house when she's a teenager. But he talks about them having multiple TVs and the dad's yes. like, nobody has multiple TVs. Nobody's that has that much money or whatever, you know, and yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> but that's that they, incrementalism. Yeah. You but what, did, with they, what did they do at dinner? They pulled the TV to the table so they could watch. The TV was on a set of wheels. Yep. And I'll say that about this, this house, when I was growing up, this was my grandpa's house and their TV was on a stand with wheels. Yep. They didn't, they didn't do that. They didn't wheel it into the other room, but I knew that they did at times, you know, uh, right. now it was, it was hooked up to a big antenna that was outside for, for television reception when I was a kid. But, uh, that was, that was a thing. You had your TV on wheels, you know, those, those big TVs, those big wooden frame TVs that sat yeah. on the floor. Those had wheels, you know, you could move them around. You could unplug it and plug it in. You know, if you had, if you had carpet, it might be a little difficult. But. And you also had to take off the like 20 pictures that you had, that your mom or grandma had. up. Right. On top of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but that, that all came from, um, from that. It was, it was incrementalism because yeah. there were p people were going, yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to watch TV in the kitchen and in the living room pretty soon. TV, the price of TVs comes down and you do have a kitchen TV and a living room TV. And then pretty soon you have like in a, in a modern home, everyone has a screen, right? right? You know, in their pocket, like at all times. Uh, but that, but before that, at one point, you know, every, every kid had a TV in their own room. My kid has a TV in his room. He doesn't use it. It's a little CRT television that we have set up that he can put old video games on right and and he plays it every once in a while but it's not he can't just like put tv on and watch it in there per se but that that type of television the little it's it's the smallest size analog tv you can okay. you could get in the in like the mid to late 90s or something yeah with the that was in screen. yeah like you know yeah. but except it's so small you can't even see the bubble you know it's <laughs> it's yeah it's only it's only like uh 13 you know, inches yeah, inches. maybe even 12, maybe 12 inches, yeah. 12 inches corner to corner across, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, you know, that, that, those, that started becoming more and more common. It was just everywhere. Everyone had their television. Everyone, and we got cable now too, right? So we got, what was the classic line? 350 channels and nothing right. to watch. But at the same time, 350 channels meant your TV is somewhere in there. Yeah. Your, you know, if, if you like sports, you always got sports. If you like music videos, you've always got music videos. If you like uh, comedy, there's something comical on. There's kids, 24 hour kids networks, uh, 24 hour, this 24 hour weather, you know, 24 hour news. Like, like that was, that was a new concept at one point, you know, CNN cable news network, like, holy shit. We can watch the news all day. I was telling my youngest and and his friends the other day about how TV used to shut off at like 11 o'clock or Mm -hmm. midnight or whatever it was like. There would be it would be the news test pattern it would go green or test pattern or whatever yeah like, yeah no, I'm like no it, it would and it wouldn't start back up again till like six o'clock in the evening or six o'clock in the morning you know yeah. there would be nothing for you to watch and then along though came infomercials uh-huh I, I remember the first time I ever saw a test pattern probably the first time I might have seen one when I was much younger but uh I, I would have been like four or something okay. and my parents had to go somewhere. And we went to my grandparents, this house, which was across the street at the time. And we had to be there at like four in the morning. They had to leave like really freaking early. And I'm awake. It would have been the earliest I'd ever been awake in my conscious memory. And uh, I was like, can I watch TV? And my grandparents were like, I guess go ahead. <laughs> and I turned it on and there was a test pattern. I was like, what? You know, like, <laughs> the TV's broken. Like, what's going on? They're like, yeah, feel free. You can watch as long as you want, right. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and there was a high pitch noise with it too. Yeah. Just a high pitch. Yep. That was, that went on while it was, uh, well, it was color, color strips across yeah. the screen. Yeah. But um, yeah, all of that, you know, the, the, the personalizing, being able to watch news all the time. Okay. Maybe people didn't sit around and watch the news 24 hours a day, but it started making it so that you could tune into the news at any time of the day. Yep. You didn't have to wait for the six o'clock news. You didn't have to wait for the 10 o'clock news. You didn't have to wait till after the movie for the news. And by now we got multiple TVs. If your kids are watching a movie in the other room, you can go watch the news at whatever time. Yep. And Think about how that's conditioning us to be able to pick up our phone and check the news whenever we want. And it's making it so you can watch the movie whenever you want. It's it started, it started programming us, if you will, to be in this position where we can take on whatever entertainment. I'll call it all entertainment, even though maybe news is nah, news is entertainment. What am I gonna say there? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's you know, we we would be able to entertain ourselves with this technology at any time. And that's all stimming from back at the newspaper, right? That newspaper was the, was the earliest form of this. You had cartoons, you had comedy, you had drama, you had news all contained within a newspaper. And you used to have to share that. And it was an experience that went around with everyone. And I'm not really going to talk up the newspaper. Like it's a great thing. It's better. I don't know if I'm going to say better than what we have now or whatever, but Maybe I think that experience was better, but uh, I mean, that newspaper really in that incrementalism sense that I'm talking about with, with all of this, uh, I think we'd probably be better off if we'd never had a printing press, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that's when information started being able to be controlled, right? That's when, that's when, you know, that's when it started being that it was in hard print that this was fact. 
this was truth and this was written down yeah and and that was you know that that's the earliest with like books once upon a time someone had to write out every letter of every word for every book or just it was oral tradition and before that it was oral tradition that was just passed down from generation to generation to generation now i can see flaws in 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 both sides too right because if it's oral tradition we all know the bigger fish stories right Someone, someone catches a fish and every year they tell the story and every year that fish gets bigger. So, you know, uh, how, how accurate is an oral tradition, but then at the same time, when it's written down, when that fish story is written down for the first time and it's there to be seen for generations, yeah, all it takes is writing it down wrong. And it's, it's absolutely a bigger fish than it was. Right. It was a, it was a little six incher, but we're we're talking about it being an 18 inch and it will always be an 18 inch. And then even then someone else doesn't like that story. So they cut it down to 12 inches. Right. And then it's pr- reprinted as 12 inches. And well, you know, done I, don't, that, I don't think anything good comes from any of that. They've, they've done that too, with even just, just any information, right? You can, you can take encyclopedias, you know, the big, the big thing in this community, especially if you, if you're a flat earther is, you want to find the old encyclopedias that talk about the firmament yeah. and the earth being flat. Well, you get up to a certain year and it's going to, and it's rewritten, you know, and it's that way with mm-hmm. a lot of information of, Oh, well, here's the second edition. Here's the third edition. Here's the fourth edition, you know, and you, you compare something that's the 20th edition to where the first edition was. And some of the information may be the same, but the information is also going to be going to be changed. Oh, well we found, you know, Granted, some things may be found to be different, but at the same time, it's like, well, what else? What do you? What else are you just trying to hide? You know, what what have you changed because you don't want that information out there anymore? One of my most prized possessions, I have a 1948 set of uh, Encyclopedia Britannica, complete, including the the um, the atlas and everything in a wow. in a wooden box and everything, and it's a fucking gold mine, just. <laughs> it's there it's not it's not old enough i can't find like flat earth stuff in there right nothing 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 like super 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 crazy but it is interesting to look up you know like you can look up the pyramids in there and it will tell you exactly how the pyramids were built exactly how they cut the stone how they stacked the stone how long it took why they were built you know all this fucking information and it's like but we're still trying to figure that out today. But yet right. anyone writing a book report on it in 1948 or 1958 when it was a little old or whatever, you know, um, they had all the information. But yet, uh, at least those of us that are wise enough to know that, the, that they don't have the information. And it's uh, it's not even a secret that they don't know how it was done. Those things have changed several times, you yeah. know, in that they're just not addressing most of the issues. And that yeah. they're just saying, yeah, they cut it with copper saw with copper saws. They dragged them with with mules, and they and you know they used this for rope, and they did that. It's it's just making big old guesses. But the places that I find the most interesting in those particular encyclopedias is stuff about energy and things right. like you read about like Saint Elmo's fire in there, and it's really? like. And it's like, they're like, yeah, it's that phenomenon that happens at the tops of tall buildings. It's spires of buildings where the, a, a ball of energy will show up in the evening and it can even light up a whole area, you know? Wow. And you're like, huh, <laughs> 
what's that all about? Like, you know, like, and now, now that's just kind of considered like a myth, but it was right. being written about in 1948. Like it was a thing that still happened, a thing that happened. And I think that the reason it's become a myth since then is back then they still had real lightning rods up there. They had real shit, but now it's all been replaced with, you know, replicas that are sure. non-conductive and, and, or plaster yeah. and whatever else. It's not yeah. gold or copper or whatever's up there. So, right. Right. But, it, but at that time people, it was still a phenomenon. You walk by a church at the evening at the right time on the right night and it glows, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and sends out some sort of energy sends out, mm-hmm. you know, and he, they do that. Even you were talking about that with, uh, on your, on your last, uh, are we content with Bob about even just the, the balls of fury movie with Christopher Walken, you know, yeah. where he's, where you talk, you know, you, and I, I remember it too. You said, I was like, yeah, I absolutely remember him going ping pong, you know, um, ping pong. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, there's no way they change this. I'm gonna have to go back and look and be like, that is absolutely wrong. There is no, there's no. I, way I swear to God, it was it was that way, and that's cool. Yeah. Like you're, this, you're you can confirm that for me that like I'm not wrong. I know he like did I it with an accent, and I remember that because my buddies and I used to go around saying that all the time. Ping pong, ping pong, ping pong. <laughs> just, just what we used to do because we, you know, we were idiots and we found it funny. Well, that's the printing press issue again there, right? Yeah, you know, like exactly. uh, all they have to do is change it and it can be real small. You know, I mean, maybe they changed a dozen things in that movie. And I just, you know, I didn't, I, it wasn't a masterpiece <laughs> that I watched five times and memorized all the, all the stuff. I just really laughed probably way too hard at that the first time. Yep. So I was expecting it as it came and he just says it twice. And it was like, oh, huh. Hmm. <laughs> That's that's not the way I remember it. Right. And I was even wondering, is that a Mandela effect? Was that was that because I heard him just say it twice, but me and my friends made fun of it and said ping pong, <laughs> you know, or something. But yeah, hearing no, you I, say that, that's I remember it. It was it was there. It's one of those things of, you know, it was funny back then. It'd be funny now if they still let it happen, but it's been, you know, edited out or changed or Mandela effect or whatever. Well, with something like that, I bet they recorded a movie like that by those types of people. They probably recorded every scene five, twenty, hundred times. You yeah, know, did improv, and you know, maybe in the in the outtakes they had one where it was just, "Hey, it's funny if he just says ping pong, or as the Chinese I, call it, ping pong." Ping pong. Yeah, you know, uh, and and they were like, "Oh yeah, let's just swap that out so that we don't get shit now in 2023." Right. You know, yeah, it, could it be. might be that simple. Because they be, just don't but, feel like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. One thing I wanted to bring up too with everything that you're talking about is, is, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the change. So you had the, you know, the, the 1800s and early 1900s and then things changed where, you know, kids wanted to go and you talked about hate Ashbury and, you know, all this. And it's, it's funny how the, the type of drug that was popular at the time kind of followed the community that was so you know the 1800s the big thing was what opium and it's just so people could you know just check out completely and then yeah. you know you followed up to i'm sure there was something in the 20s and the 30s and whatever but you followed up to like hate ashbury and it was it was weed and then it was also but it was like lsd and it was just like you know free your mind be whatever and then you go into the 80s and it's and it's coke and it's like because mm-hmm. everything's got to be fast everything's got to be you know you got to be quick you got to be all on this sort of thing and it's it's interesting how you follow that you can follow the drug that comes in at the same time as well. You know, again, almost like it's planned. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the drugs are going to shape the culture to, to a degree yeah. at any moment in time. Like try telling, telling anybody 
that the sixties weren't shaped or maybe even more the seventies, but the late sixties and early seventies weren't shaped by LSD. Like, no, that's what that was all All about. about. Yeah. And even the people who weren't using LSD were being affected by it because they either hated it or just pop culture. Look at cartoons and, um, look at advertisements for things at that time. And they start having the balloon lettering, yeah. you know, like everything's well, a little just, trippy dippy, even just music, you know, music is kind of shifted into that whole kind of hippy dippy trippy, you know, or, or it stayed country and right. those country guys hated it. It was Merle Haggard saying, uh, you know, the Oki from Muskogee where he right. says, we don't, we don't want you around here kind of a thing. Yeah. Cause we're good old boys still. with the long hair and the, you know, long hair hippies were not well sandals. If you were wearing sandals and got long hair, then get out of here. It's been yep. forever. I wish I could quote that song. I just haven't heard it in like 20 years, <laughs> but I remember the sentiment very well. Yeah. Um, and um, you know, like there was, cause that, that too, that's another big part of all of this, this, this whole deal is that constant division that's going on. Yeah. And if we, if we look right there at that time with LSD, LSD is having such an effect on, one whole half of the culture because they're using it that same lsd is having a huge effect on the whole other half of the culture because they're not using it right and they don't like it and they think that these people with long hair like they're you know we can say everyone was taking lsd in the 60s no wrong (laughs) there were good old country boys that were in high school at the same time who would keep their hair short and promise their fathers that they will work on the farm for the rest of their life because they hated those other fucking kids. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what everything is more than anything is. It seems to be just a division, you know, everything's a distraction and a division and it, you know, doesn't seem like it's going to change. So no, it's only escalates all the time. I mean, you look at 2020 as being like an ultimate point of, division from like my perspective where I was on, I mean, you could, another perspective would be that it didn't divide as much as it pushed everybody into one camp because I sure felt like a minority during that time being on the outside. Yeah. But man, did I ever feel the divisiveness? I I felt hatred from all the people who were around me because I wouldn't cover my fucking face, Yep. you know, and I couldn't see their snarl, but I could see it in their eyes. But see, here's the thing. A lot of people didn't like me because they'd say, if you're not wearing a mask, you must be a Trump guy. <laughs> well, I'm hanging out with Trump guys and I'm kind of fucking pissed off at them because they're all wearing masks. Right. I'm kind of fucking pissed off at Trump because he's wearing a mask because he's not firing Fauci because he's locking us down, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so it's like, I don't know, like they're, they're successful there with the division because I see it as everybody joining one side. And I'm feeling super divided over here, but they all saw it as them divided. Right. They all saw it as, well, I wear a mask, but I don't want to. Therefore, I'm a Trump supporter. And other people are mad at anyone who doesn't want to wear a mask, you know, and it's like, ah, I don't know. I think if they if they could have if they could have during the time of George W. Bush, who I'm repping on my on my (laughs) T-shirt here. Uh, nice. During the t- if they could have if they could have had everyone who voted for Bush have a big W on their forehead to show you that 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 that's who they voted for, they would have loved that. Oh, they would have fucking cool. loved that. It would have caused so much more division than it did. Think about all that nine eleven shit and how united everybody was. But if yep. everybody if everybody knew who who voted for who, <laughs> they would have fucking 
they would have just been at each other's throats the whole time. And I kind of think that whole mask thing really made people think they could tell who was who. And not only could they not tell, but that division was just the fucking worst. And it continues today with people saying, if you talk shit about Biden, well, he's better than the other guy. He's better. What then? So you must like Trump, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) kind of stuff. Right. And it's like, Oh my God. Can you, can, can you imagine a world where we just didn't fucking divide ourselves over these retarded politics that have absolutely no effect on us? I mean, well, I'm not saying they don't affect us, right? but we have no effect on them. There, there, there aren't these two sides, <laughs> you know, you, 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 you get, uh, you can, you can have a, a Hillary or a Trump and it actually ends up being kind of just the same thing. Sure. But some people feel better about one or the other. And then we can continue to just fight like dogs and cats over it. Well, what does it boil down to with him? It's either we won or we lost. That's what, you know, sports. Yeah. It's sports. It's gambling and sports. That's all it is, is, you know, it's just another, another version of theater. So, and it all starts off with, are you a Pepsi or a Coke guy? Are you red or blue? Yep. Oh, I never thought of that. Pepsi and Coke are red and blue. Yeah. There's a lot. Actually kind of represent it. Things people like uh kind of debate about there's a lot of it where it's either red or it's blue you know and it's Mm. not just it's not just politics you start kind of looking into things it's like oh that you know wow that is just red red or blue red or blue red or blue that is so fascinating i never really thought about that i'm i'm so open to that though i i started becoming really aware of colors with the whole ukraine shit (laughs) (laughs) because someone pointed out to me how much uh blue and gold or blue and yellow yeah it was for for covid campaigns and i was like oh okay and i went out that same day that i'd heard that i I, like heard it on a podcast or something and then i'm driving and i realized that everywhere in the city that's near me bellingham there's flags up that i've hated and i don't even see anymore (laughs) because i hate they're called the masquatch flags that were up okay masquatch is rarely seen without his mask (laughs) and they were all blue and blue and yellow they were the ukraine colors and then i started i I like i i i I google it i'm like covid advertisements you know or something covid campaign and it was like holy shit all of these are fucking yellow and blue all of them are you know and there was also the the football team had just won the rams were yellow and blue you know it was like yeah they're, they're using color programming and that red and blue. I haven't really, I, I hadn't thought of that with the Coke and Pepsi, but I, I believe you hundred percent. As soon as my eyes are open, I'm going to start seeing it. It's probably everywhere. They're dividing us with these colors of all freaking things. You'd think, you'd think that color would be safe. Yeah. Well, here, here's one for you. And I granted again, this goes back to, to politics, but Fox news, it's a blue logo. CNN sure. is a red logo. Red. Mm-hmm. You know, it, there it granted, is. that goes back to politics and how they follow. But it's just I mean, it's it's really in just about everything. Yeah, that but you- they're opposites. Think about that. The blue is the Democrats. Right. And the red is the Republicans. And so yeah. so they're like showing each other's colors. Uh, it's all part of the mind. Fuck. We're constantly. And uh, again, how the hell did we wind up here by being constantly mind fucked? Yep. Constantly. We don't get a break. The only way you get a break is by seeing through it. Let's put some positivity in it again. You know, yeah. when when you can break the spell 
when you can see that they're trying to control us in all these ways, when you can see that they're trying to divide us in all of these ways, just seeing it, you can break the spell and you can not be a part of it. Just right. like putting the energy into the property that you're in now, just like so many other things in this world, it, it's just a matter of saying no. The power of saying no, it's so strong. All you have to do is stand strong and be like, no, not, not a part of it. I'm not partaking. Well, that led me to my last question because I was going to ask you, you know, I've kept you about an hour and a half. So I was going to wind it, wind down and just kind of what's the solution? What, what do we do? But you said it, you know, you, you've got to, you got to wake up from the spell first. Yeah. And then you've got to figure out the right place to be able to put your energy into, you know, and it's because, you know, have you ever, I don't want to say, have you ever argued with a liberal, but have you ever argued with a liberal and like at the end, (laughs) you're just, you're, you're exhausted. Right, uh-huh. it's like trying to argue with your two-year-old about why they need to go to bed, and they're telling you, and like by the end, you're just like, "I'm so exhausted right now. Like, I'm, uh-huh. I'm just so tired." You know, it's a, I it's can't a, do it anymore. <laughs> well, and figuring out what's it, what's an energy drainer versus a, you know, like we when it, we were talking about, you know, building a chicken coop or you know, you know, building whatever, you'll be tired, but it's not an energy zapper to build those things. No, no. It, in fact, it, it invigorates you. You know, yes. it, gives, it gives you the energy to, to keep going, to be able to like, okay, I could do that. What else can I do? Yes. That's it. Uh, at the end of a, a really hard day of hard work that you put in for yourself, not for someone else, or maybe it is, I, I do things for my whole family, but I consider it all to be myself part of my matrix or my world. Uh, that is never, even if I'm really tired, like I could sleep for, for, eight hours now at the end of the day, because I'm tired from it. I'm not energy drained. I'm vitalized by it. Yeah. And that's, and that's where we need to be focusing our energy. Sometimes I'm going to, I'm going to admit, sometimes I love to argue with liberals. Sometimes I just love it because I like to watch them squirm. I like to watch them fucking not be able to handle hearing things that are coming out of my mouth, all that kind of stuff. But as much as I like it, I shouldn't be doing it. I know I shouldn't be doing it because at the end of it, I'm drained of my energy at the end of it. I'm more likely to be like not wanting to put my two-year-old to sun or two-year-old to bed because I'm just, I'm like, Oh, I just hope he just falls asleep. I don't have time for stories and stuff. I'm tired. But when I'm tired from building a chicken coop, when I'm tired from building a chicken coop and I could just, if I was given the opportunity to close my eyes with my head on a pillow, I'll sleep for eight hours. I can still go and read to my sons. Yeah. I can still go spend time with my family. I'm still with it a hundred percent. And another thing that only drained my energy is if I, I haven't done it for a while, but if I watch TV for a whole day, you know, if I just like lay around and watch TV, yeah, you think that you should be full of energy by the end of that day. Right. But no, at the end of it, it's, you know, maybe I could even say if I, I don't, I I should be better at this of being in tune with myself, but I should look at if I'm, if I'm drained of my energy at the end of the day, what did I do that day? Cause I did the wrong thing. Yeah. A lot of the time it's just that I spent eight hours punching a clock and that drains my energy way more than it, than I, I should allow. Yep. But on those. So, okay. I'll give myself a pass on those, but I need to be more in tune. We all need to be in tune with ourselves on our days off. On right. our days that we put in hard work around our family, if we're drained at the end of that day, we did something wrong. Like I'm going to the fair tomorrow. I'm going to be there all day long. 
And I have a feeling I'm going to be pretty drained at the, of my energy by the end of that. Right. And that's not because I think the fair is a bad place and I shouldn't be there, but it's kind of like one of these, I got to sacrifice to go be under all these cell towers and around all these people <laughs> and doing all these things. And I love animals. I'm going to love the animals and stuff. I'm yeah. we're going to go on some rides. We're going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not complaining, but I am probably going to be exhausted. And if I'm not, I need to be paying attention to how I went about my day yeah. because I did it right. If I'm, if I'm invigorated at the end, and maybe that's just because I go, maybe I'm doing some things that could drain my energy, but I'm also spending time talking to homesteaders that are raising animals yeah. and bringing them to the fair. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll be walking out of there going, I got a new project that I'm going to do. And I'm feeling that. And that's, you know, maybe I should make that my goal Yeah, to try and come home from something like that energized energized no absolutely you know the best the best part of my day really is is when the sun starts going down and you know the shadow the shadows are outside during the day it's like 108 degrees here so i don't really i'd really try not to go outside during during the during the heat of the day but once that sun goes down it creates it a little cooler being able to go in where my chickens are to be able to go in and sit with my goats and, and just scratch them or, you know, where the pigs are or whatever like that. And just kind of just be able to sit there, dig my feet in the dirt. And, you know, there, there's yeah. just something, there's something about that, you know, yeah, and then coming inside and be, being told I smell like livestock or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, but that's what it's all about, man. That, no, that, it, it really is. Or even just be able to like, every time I make breakfast in the morning for the family, knowing that the eggs that I'm cracking are coming from my chickens. It's not coming from the grocery store. Yeah. You know? And it's coming from, from your chickens and your labor with those chickens, your, yep. your, your mixture of your, your, your blood and sweat and those, and, and, and your love really yeah. your love for those chickens, your, 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 your care for those chickens. Well, and there's even, we have one chicken who, as soon as you walk out there into their area, she follows you around and she like, she will be up against your leg till you pick her up and you can walk around the whole yard with her, just kind of petting her and, you know, rubbing her head. She'll, she'll just let you hold her the whole time. Like she, you know, some of the chickens, the roosters, obviously they, they don't want to be held. Like they'll, they'll fight it or whatever, but her, she's just like, just hold me. You know, and there's just something, yeah. there's something calming about that, you know, or even, even playing or sitting with a dog, you know, that you can tell that, you know, when I sit with my dog at the end of the night and, you know, she's just kind of laying against me or whatever, like my, I can tell that my blood pressure is going down. My heart rate's going down. There's just some sort of electric electronic, whatever you want to call connection with her to where she's like, Hey, let, let me calm you down now. Absolutely, man. So, that's, that's that woo woo that I love so much. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, it's not, it's not really woo woo. It's, it's real. You know, it's just, you're able to explain it and other people are just like, other people, I guess, may call it woo-woo because they can't understand it or whatever. But that's that's so true. That's that's why I always put the when I start going there, I often throw out the the disclaimer of woo-woo, you know, just in case someone doesn't want to hear it. Right. It's it's uh it, it can be a conversation killer for some people to start yeah. going there with things like that because they're just like, oh well, what are you a fucking religious person or you know like I don't have time for this spiritual type of type of conversation or whatever. Right. And I don't ever want to kill a conversation by going there. There's other conversations where you start out on the in quotes woo woo, and the whole thing is is there because you're on the same same page, right? But yeah, that's I, I, conversations like this where it hits both is where it's all at for me. Absolutely, you know, because we've talked about a lot of practical things. We've talked about a few far out things, and we've talked about a few things that people would talk about as woo woo. 
right? Well, you know, I think a lot of, you know, I think everybody knows at the end of the day that they're exhausted. And I think, you know, a lot of people probably can't put a finger on the reason why. They're just mm-hmm. like, you know, even going back to the TV where they're like, I didn't do anything all day today. I just, you know, I just laid around and watched TV all day. I shouldn't be this exhausted. Why am I? And they can't put a finger on it, but being able to explain through the woo woo or whatever, you know, you want to call it of like, well, let me, let me tell you why you're exhausted. Let me tell you what you, how you were really meant to be versus how you are sort of thing. Right. Right. You, you're going to be exhausted if you did nothing to invigorate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're, and also if you're, if you're digging a hole that just keeps filling in, which is the arguing with a liberal, you know, it's, <laughs> you're, 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 you're digging a hole that doesn't, you're, you're not accomplishing anything. Although know, now it's, it's just, not just liberals, it's conservatives too. It's conservatives too. It's, it's every, everybody. It's fucking everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's why, hey, I, I, again, of me being at a fair tomorrow, you know, maybe I'll find some, some people who feel the same way I do when I'm, yeah. when I'm just out and looking at animals and, and doing the thing. And then that can be invigorating versus, you know, usually if I think of a fair, I think of being pulled around from cotton candy stand to cotton candy stand. Yeah. And, and spending money the entire time, things ain't cheap, you know, nope. and that sucks. And I can get bent out of shape about money. Everybody can, but, um, you know, it's just going to be what it is. And if I can, if I can find something positive out of it, hopefully I won't feel exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. You might be tired, but there's a difference between being tired and being drained. Drained. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I think that's a good, uh, I think that's a good place to end it. So thank you so much for having me, John. This has been an awesome conversation. I love what you're doing with this podcast. It's such a, such a great concept. You know, it's you, you were a good example of it tonight because there's no, there's no wrong answer, but it seems like everything kind of leads to the same, you know, we started off talking about the nuclear family, but then we got into, you know, we got into woo woo. We got into, into fairs and we got into, you know, all this kind of thing. And it's technology, technology and all that. And it's, you know, no matter where you go, you can always, it all, it all kind of goes into the same into the same playing field of it all kind of it, it's all led up here there's not one thing so yeah see that's just it you're, you're the concept is great the name is a is a question and that question i i might venture to say is unanswerable because there are so many answers yep not it's unanswerable because it's a difficult question it's an easy question right <laughs> how the hell did we wind up here well let's start talking about it We'll never get to the bottom of that. Well, maybe we do. Maybe we do. And then we'll, we'll, we'll get out of here, but. (laughs) And then I'll, then I'll Uh, have a podcast called this is where the hell we are. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's uh, but it's, you you can ask anyone in our type of community in our uh, people who think about things from the type of, of, of view that we have, and you're going to get different answers every time. And every one of them are correct. Yeah. Choosing you, you asked me to come up with two things and it was like, whoo, two. <laughs> okay. I can bring it down to two. I'll pick two out of a list of 5,000. Right. <laughs> you know, and well, that's, uh, that, that's the nice thing too, is cause I, I, I fully expect as we, as we kind of go down, as I go down the line with this, there's going to be people who have the same answer. Somebody may come back with the nuclear family, but their version of how they look at it is going to be completely different than completely. you look at it. that's i was i was gonna go there with it too it's there's no way to approach any one answer twice the same 
I mean, it could happen. It could happen one in a million <laughs> chance that two people are thinking about it the same way when they want to answer that right. question. But the way you narrow it down and say, come up with two things. See, that makes it that everyone's going to have at least five, yeah. at, least, at least a couple, at least yep. a few. So they're going to have to pick the top two. You know, they're going to have to pick their top two reasons right. that they think that we that we ended up here. Yeah. And I, you know, I really just, like I said, in the very beginning, I really want to get away just from the keywords and phrases because, you know, people, people will throw anything out, you know, they'll say, Oh, well, it's religion. Oh, well, what about religion is, is how you see the way that we wound up here or what about, you know, Masons, or I don't care if somebody says it's the Masons or it's lizard people, but tell me how explain to me, show me, lead me down the road that makes you think that it's what that is versus just, you know, throwing out these keywords and hope you get a couple likes and, you know, and that's it. So. Yeah. Well, well tell everybody man. how they can find you. Tell them where you're at. Um, yeah, sure. So once again, uh, you can find me on the world as it is today podcast where my wife and I discuss mostly family related things. We talk about the nuclear family and the traditional family and the generational family and all those kinds of things. Plus, Anything else that strikes our fancy, whether it be chemtrails or, or whatever conspiracy moon moon landing, we right. we dig we dig it all. Uh, but then much more consistently, we only do that about twice a month right now. Uh, okay. Much more consistently, once a week, I'm recording with Moral Bob, and we're doing Are We Content? Which it doesn't escape anybody that the word content and content are the same words. So we're asking ourselves: Are we content or are we content? Is it? Is it a con or is it a cunt? Um, <laughs> Both are and, uh, and you can find either of those on just about any podcatcher. Uh, you can find Are We Content anywhere. You can find uh, The World Is It Is Today most places. If you're having trouble finding either of them, though, go ahead and find me on Instagram where you can find me at Mr. X, Mr. Chud X, indeed. There you go. Well, this has been another... Uh... Another episode of uh, how the hell do we wind up here? It has been fantastic. Again, thank you very much. I was telling Chud in the beginning before we started recording uh, what he and Adam did on the Deborah Got Red Pill. They were actually the first uh, first podcast I listened to. So it, really appreciate him coming on, um, bringing bringing what he does, um, and really give him a listen. They, you know. You can find just about anything that you want to listen to on anything he does because he goes from music to comedy to TV to chemtrails to moon landings to, you know, how to how to be able to take care of yourself at the house where he and his wife talk about, you know, preserving and canning and kombucha and, you know, all other kinds of things as well. So a little bit of something out there for everybody, but a lot of good information for uh, for everybody as well. So. On that, I appreciate it. Chud, thank you very much. And uh, stay safe. An honor. Thanks.